Let us pray. The words of the song ring true, Father. Nothing compares to the promise we have in you through your Son, Christ Jesus. The promise of being heirs to the resurrection, the promise of being born again, the promise of a new heaven and a new earth, the promise of a God who is with us on this day and that day. And so we pray, O God, on your promises. And we pray that by the power of your Spirit, you will be walking with us and talking with us today as we seriously consider Holy Scripture. Guide and lead us now. These things I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I wish you could see that picture better. As I was digging up um, stuff, packing, you know, at the house, I came across some of my old scouting memorabilia. So that's a, that's a Boy Scout patch jacket. And on it are all the different patches. I, you, I didn't show you the back of it, but um, it's patches from all over, you know, you name it. What's interesting about it is it's a size large. Somehow I managed to squeeze this body into that size large and button it. And I thought it'd be funny to take a picture doing this and send it to people that love me. Yeah, of course, one of my best friends from back home said, looks like you're back in fighting shape. And he left it at that. <laughs> so as I was thinking about an appropriate picture for this day, that seemed to be the right one. I have two sermons left. The sermon for this day and the sermon for next Sunday, that day. Two sermons left to remind you of everything I have been able to teach while I've been here. I must confess it's a bit of a burden I've placed upon myself to prayerfully consider what I believe to be the most important things to say and then say them in a timely fashion. I mean, I suppose that if I said everything that I think is important, we probably might still be here at like 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon. We'd have to order in pizza, and I like pizza. Only two sermons left. This sermon today and that sermon next week. This day and that day. This day and that day. When I consider all of the promises of God, I consider that all of them occur on only two days. This day and that day. See, God has only promised us two days. This day, the day in which we are currently living, and that day, the day we will stand face to face with Jesus you know, we can scripturally frame this thought as well. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Or from last week's scripture, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of that great and glorious day of the Lord. This day and that day. During the final hours of Jesus' life, his disciples asked him questions about that day. That final day, that day of the Lord, the day of Jesus' return. 
Matthew's Gospel records Jesus' answer over the course of two chapters, which we call the Olivet Discourse, in which portions were taken from to comprise our scripture lesson today. It's called the Olivet Discourse because it took place on the Mount of Olives. Yeah. They're much smarter than you think they are, Kurt. Okay, I'm just saying. The key to understanding everything Jesus said is found really in this one sentence. Watch out that no one deceives you. Deceive means also to wander away from like a lost sheep. In other words, as you finish living out this day, don't let anyone deceive you about that day. Jesus says, stay with me on this day. And that day is going to go well for you. Watch out that no one deceives you on this day. Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. That word for alarmed is also translated as terrified. Have we been terrified? Why, there's a, there's a whole element of warfare named for terror, right? Terrorism. Jesus said not to be alarmed, not to be terrified, not to be scared. Why? Because when we are scared, we often behave irrationally. When we are scared, we are also easily deceived. Sometimes others deceive us, and if we're being honest, sometimes we deceive ourselves. And I've seen a lot of deception over the course of the pandemic. I've seen those in power and those in the media utilize scare tactics to deceive people, ultimately for profit and more power. Jesus says, don't be terrified by stuff like this. He says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birth pains, of labor pains. You know, what's interesting about that is much of Jesus' prophecy came true when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. About 34, 35 years after his ascension into heaven. In fact, everything necessary for Jesus to return took place within the first generation of the church. And yet Jesus didn't return. There have been wars and rumors of wars as long as humanity's walked the earth. And certainly warfare has escalated to an all-time high in the last 150 years. And yet Jesus hasn't returned. Jesus is saying, Don't be deceived by these occurrences and don't be afraid of them. Wars and rumors of wars are going to be commonplace during the last days. And the last days, friends, are which we are currently living in. During times of terror, times when everything around us is scared, 
And everyone around us is looking for someone or something to please calm my fears. When rational thought gets replaced by irrationality, Jesus calls Christians to be the calmest people on the block. I confess that I've not always been the calmest person on the block. In fact, sometimes I think I excel at the opposite. I confess that at times I've gotten so far into prophetic preaching that I have forgotten to love my neighbor because I was scared. Or I was looking for the signs of the apocalypse. Or I was just so busy being right that I was unable to do the right thing, which is love other people. For that I am sorry. And for that I repent. And I repent by reframing my thoughts and my words and my actions in light of who Jesus is. So let's reframe something, shall we? The world isn't ending. The world is being reborn through Jesus Christ. The world isn't ending. The world is being reborn through Jesus Christ. Those of you that are familiar with the task of childbirth, either through observation or being one of them people that carry children, you know that when a mother gives birth, there's two deliveries, right? There's the baby and then the placenta. Both are born. One is kept and one is thrown out. Don't be deceived. Don't be scared. Don't spend too much time being worried about whether the world is ending. Because even Jesus said, no one knows about that day. No one knows about that day. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son, but only the Father. Verse 36 is that pivotal verse in the Olivet Discourse Because it hinges the first section of Jesus' teaching with the second section. And it also offers perhaps the most profound response to the fear of the unknown. About the questions of timing of Jesus' return and how it can be misguided. You see, if we spend too much time trying to figure out when the world is going to end, we might miss the reality that we're already living in the new world Jesus is making. The Apostle Paul says it like this. Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. I took that picture this morning. Again, I thought it best to put a shirt on for you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, Kurt. You can't really see the goofy expression on my face that well, but, you know, it's, it's a poor reflection. Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we'll see face to face. Now I know in part, then I'm going to fully know, even as I'm fully known. You see, Paul understood the two-day guarantee. This day and that day. Now, on this day, we know all we need to know in order to be saved by grace through faith. We have everything we need. It's all there. Everything that's necessary for salvation is present and here with us on earth right now. All we need to know 
to be given new birth through the Spirit and to be a part of the new birth that is taking place in our world is present with us right now through Jesus who is God with us. So don't worry about the end. God's got that. The end is God's day, after all. And that day, the Lord's day, the eternal day is coming soon. On that day, we'll see face to face. On that day, we shall know fully, even as we are fully known. Jesus said in response to that, therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Don't allow yourself to be deceived and overcome your fear through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just as the Lord has not given us a spirit of criticism, neither has he given us the spirit of fear. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit with all of the rights and the fruit and the opportunity that comes from being born again as his child. There will be no mystery to Christ's return. Everybody and their mama is going to know it's Jesus. Otherwise, every knee won't bow and every tongue won't confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So it would be a much wiser investment of our time to focus on growing in grace rather than trying to calculate the time of Jesus' return. After all, if the only begotten Son of the living God at the time He walked this earth did not know when the end was, then why would we spend time or too much time trying to figure it out, let alone allowing ourselves to be deceived or scared? Instead, it would be a far better practice to simply keep your lamps trimmed and burning. 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 The time is drawing nigh. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Jesus said at the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Why do you think Jesus told this parable? Because it's going to take much longer for Jesus to come back than we think it will. So be prepared for the long wait. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Now this parable that Jesus shares is about the preparations that go in to a Jewish wedding. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit for you today because I think you're going to appreciate more what's written throughout the Gospels about Jesus. Ancient Near Eastern weddings were lengthy affairs. Lengthy affairs. The intended groom would present a contract to his intended bride and her father. The bridegroom would then pour a glass of wine and set it on the table in front of the bride and the father. 
If the bride and her father agreed upon the terms of the marriage contract and the bride price, the bride would take a drink from the cup which represented a blood covenant. Hear that again. It represented a blood covenant. The blood covenant would then literally be consummated on the wedding night. Now, before leaving the bride's home, the groom would say, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Then he would say, I will return when it's ready. Friends, please hear me when I'm telling you this. Please tell me you're hearing Jesus say to his disciples in John's gospel, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I'm finished, I'll come back and take you to, with me so that where I am, you can be with me forever. Please tell me you're hearing that. Then the groom would return to his father's house where he would build a honeymoon suite or a honeymoon room. And the groom had to receive the father's approval and he couldn't skimp on any of the work before he could go collect his bride. And if the groom was asked by others when the date of his wedding would be, he would have to reply, only my father knows. Can you see why this parable made so much sense to Jesus' disciples? Especially when Jesus said the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Christians are going to be tired. Christians are going to go weary. Children don't get weary. Children don't get weary. Children don't get weary. For the time is drawing nigh. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. The wise Christians will be prepared like the wise bridesmaids in the parable. So that even if we do get weary and fall asleep, we can still be ready in a moment's notice. Now listen, because this gets cooler. In the ancient Near East, the bridegroom could collect his bride at any time once the wedding chamber was finished. This meant that not only did the bride have to be ready with her veil and her lamp beside her, but so too did the bridesmaids. The bridesmaids had to have their lamps and their oil ready to light the way for the bridegroom to get to the bride at any moment. And when the bridegroom drew near to the bride's house, there was a loud shout and the blowing of a trumpet. I'm a coming for you, honey. Well, it may not have gone quite like that. Jesus said, at midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There's not enough for both of us. Instead, you go on down to the marketplace. You know they're down there right now, even now, trying to sell something. 
Lamps would light the way in the darkness. So all the bridesmaids were to take enough oil with them to keep those lamps burning for as long as it might be necessary. The wait, however, in the parable proved longer than all of them anticipated and everyone fell asleep. But the point, however, is not that everyone fell asleep. The point is that one group was ready and one group wasn't. One group was ready and one group wasn't. Jesus is asking us today, to which group do you belong? Because that day is coming. At the midnight cry, when the trumpet call of God sounds so loud, the whole world shakes in fear. And the dead in Christ will rise and we who are alive will be caught up with them in the air and we will be with the Lord forever on that day. That day is coming. To keep your lamp trimmed and burning means to be spiritually prepared. To be growing as a disciple. Which means growing in your capacity to love others just as much as Jesus has unconditionally loved you. And that's hard. And it can only be done if you keep your lamp trimmed and burning. Jesus says, but while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Friends, the purpose of the parable at this point is so that everyone understands that each person is personally responsible to be spiritually prepared. We cannot transfer our salvation to another. It does not work that way. Make no mistake, the church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus will resurrect us individually, but it will be as a unit, the church, the body of which Jesus is the head. Faithful followers of Jesus comprise the church. But listen, now listen. Congregations, like Christ's community and every other congregation around the globe, have both kinds of bridesmaids. Those who actually follow Jesus and those in the congregation who do not follow Jesus. Perhaps people come because they think it's a club or they attend worship out of duty, but they don't actually worship and follow Jesus. See, Jesus, friends, is saying that following him will be harder than people think it is. And his return will take longer than people think it will take. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Keep your lamp trimmed and burning because the Christian journey soon be over, Christian journey Soon be over, Christian journey. Soon be over. 
the time is drawing nigh. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. The time is drawing nigh. Christ community, don't get weary. Don't become deceived and don't be afraid. Just keep your lamp trimmed and burning on this day. And on that day, you will enjoy a wedding banquet that will never end in a world that's been completely reborn through Jesus Christ. And that's the good news of his gospel. Offered this day for you and for all who are joining us in worship. All thanks and praise be to the living God who gives us everything we need to keep our lamps trimmed and burning. Amen.